This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. A choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into a, an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I'm your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, guys, we get to sit down with Erica Robin. She is a Southern California artist. She does some incredible work, which you guys know that I will be linking in the show notes, as well as her website. She has some really cool apparel that you guys can check out. Um, Give it a listen. Uh, We go down every rabbit hole you can possibly imagine, from conspiracy theories. We talk about art and the art world and what that looks like, uh, as well as dreams and how those... um, work out in real life and uh she's a fantastic talk to she's delightful i don't throw that word around all willy-nilly but she is absolutely delightful so you guys enjoy this episode it was a lot of fun getting to sit down and speak with her and now without further ado erica robin thank you guys so much for listening we have erica robin on the show today erica how are you doing fabuloso that's what i'm talking about right fabuloso every day above ground right yep yep we are floating yeah above ground is better than below for sure but it depends like if you're in the sea below ground good yeah like below sea i i agree with that or uh if there's a really cool whimsical inner earth that we're unaware of you know and it's way better down there than up here because they say about the inner earth thing it's actually better to live in the house than on the roof of the house right so what if there's a really cool magical world going on down there and it's technically better and the saying every day above ground is just to trick us into not finding out about it and they say that the moon, there's a whole uh, underground happenings in the moon. Too. Totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's old hat. Yeah. That's common knowledge. Yeah. It's not taught in school, so but it's probably very that it's happening here, too. And it's yeah. like you said, it's probably way cooler of a world. Could um, be. We don't know. I mean, I don't know. But you the know, the Christians defined it as hell, but that sounds really fun. You know? See, but it's <laughs> the same idea. You know, it's kind of like how they named Greenland. Iceland and Iceland Greenland you know they misnamed them so that one you wouldn't want to go to Iceland but it's actually the prettier one you know what I mean so maybe they named mm. it hell to keep us yeah the hell. exactly it's the reverse yeah so so no one will want to go there because the more people that go there it just ruins it that's right I think <laughs> I think we've just broken that wide open what do you think I think so it's awesome. uh as above so below that's right beautiful <laughs> they kept saying it now we've just literally like figured it out what yeah they- <laughs> We broke it wide open. There'll be somebody knocking at your door here in a minute to drag you away. Uh, well, Erica, uh, tell tell my audience just a little bit about yourself. Um, where do I start? <laughs> I'm an oil painter from born and raised in Southern California. Um, 
been doing this full time for eight years now will be my anniversary literally just happened on my birthday congratulations um, and happy birthday thank you yeah yeah freedom feels good yeah. that's awesome yeah <laughs> once you start working for yourself you never want to go back so it's been quite a journey to get to this point but I would not take any of it back, even though it was like quite treacherous at times. It's made me strong, made me who I am today. So I'm like very appreciative of, of all of it. And um, I, I loved art doing it my whole life, but I haven't necessarily put my all into it like I have when I've been doing it this last eight years full time, you know? Yeah. Um, sometimes we go off of our soul's path our soul's journey and and the universe kicks us in the ass <laughs> it's like get on path what are you doing and i'm like ah fine jesus <laughs> you right you right uh, i love it so your your paintings are incredible that's actually how i found you i started following you on instagram uh messaged you there you're very sweet messaged back in fact yeah. uh, we just talked three days ago that's the first time we've ever spoken and now here you are i love how this kind of thing works this is the expedited process of uh you know fate um you manifesting your reality whatever you want to call it i, I like uh, the speed in which things start creating and manifesting themselves once you make a decision to talk to dope people like that's what i've done and then you just said yeah okay yeah i'll come on and you were very sweet and very cool uh and here we are so i find you fascinating uh, you've got an incredible backstory which i want to get to a little bit of as much as you want to reveal and i've um like i said seen your art it's incredible um you sent me a couple of pieces and one of my favorite ones that you've done is the uh young lady riding the octopus that is so cool uh, you it. also just put out one of a face with columns on it with trees grown on top half under the water. Uh, it's, it's the way that you paint, the interpretation you have, your use of color, all of these things that I find brilliant about you. Because there's a lot of shit art out there, right? And you are not that. You are a true artist. I mean, somebody could take a dump on the ground and call it art and sell it for $25,000. And they're like, oh, that's my bad. My dog just did that. I was coming. I had to go get a bag to clean it up. And they're like, well, we want to buy that because it's art. Right, right. That's the fascinating part about art. It's so subjective. So. Exactly. But your art is actually great. Like uh, the way that you, it's actually great. So it's refreshing. I mean, some people would say that the dog shitting on the thing at canvas and some would be great too. You know, those kind of pieces for a lot of money, like the banana on the wall that art Basil um, when I was there. Yeah. So. Uh, and I, I get that. I get the meta, but it's it's literal shit. Um, so <laughs> it's like I, I understand the meta part of it or whatever, but it doesn't really take much. I don't know. I mean, of course, it's subjective and of course, it's arguable mm -hmm. that it doesn't take really much skill. Um, but I mean, that depends on how backed up you are. You know, I mean, that may have been um, <laughs> a real undertaking for that artist. And he's like, God, this was great. And even this right here that we're experiencing is kind of meta as well, because this is a creation you created and you're sitting amongst it and kind of blending in and out of it as we're conversating here. So it's pretty that's pretty meta. I would I would buy that. That's cool. <laughs> right. I don't even know, like, know what I look like because it's so small on my um, screen. So I hope it looks cool, but I could make the background regular. No, 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 no. I was complimenting. I thought it was cool that you were blending, you're phasing in and out of like your background. You look fine. Everything's yeah, fine. Yeah, I literally see it yeah. now. Like, yeah. hands all. But like, you painted that. You know, that's a mind fuck. I love it. Okay, cool. <laughs> I've had dreams where I was in my, my art pieces creating 
the art too it's just really cool that's, that's awesome. when you know it's a really good painting you know yeah <laughs> it's it's almost like that mary poppins when they were doing the chalk drawing and then they jump into it that's pretty cool yeah exactly okay i like it uh so have you woken up from your dreams and painted them is that uh has that ever happened or is that what a lot of them are based on um so i say painting dreams um loosely because i think that the term dream is a loose term hmm. i mean this is a dream to me you know reality is if we spend eight hours a day sleeping and dreaming those correlate sometimes into this dream reality you know and uh, i've had a lot of dreams that do that um whether i'm creating that cognitive reality through my dreams or i'm getting some sort of premonition of what's to come through a dream who knows but um that's a whole other other topic of metaphysical conversation actually let's <laughs> um, let's dive into that because i think that that's incredible yeah um like this is one example i had uh my my one of my art friends that I rarely ever see so she's not in my prefrontal lobe necessarily but we had an art show together um and two nights before I had a very vivid dream about her that we were hanging out and I told her about it and she was like I had the same dream on the same night as you um and that's just one example of how like our realities are all kind of like intertwining with dreams and um timelines are very loose and time is not a linear thing like we think it is it's very circular um and so i like to use dreams as kind of one of the many many inspirations for my art pieces because dreams are very fascinating and they don't really make sense you know it's like this woman she's got like you know this jellyfish coming out of her hair it doesn't really make sense but in a dream you have this kind of things happen you know i think it's cool um, i could see the correlation between the two because the tentacles of the jellyfish blend into the follicles of her hair and i get it it's it's cool but yeah it's not something you see on the on the regular in this reality uh type of a basis have you ever thought that maybe the life that we're living now that you and i are conversating in is just somebody else's reoccurring dream or many 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 entities picking up the dream where we left off whenever we wake up <clears throat> i definitely think that's possible because we're all connected and in this quantum pool if you will of all of our neurons together and we're all just stars you know grouped together trying to evade black holes <laughs> and uh so we absolutely were picking up on each other's like ideas and vibes i think artists do that a lot too we all have like similar things that we're trying to put out there a lot of times and i've had many people and myself included be like wow, like I had a very similar vision or I painted something very similar to you and we're picking up on something, you know, yeah, from whatever divine wholeness, and I call that God, but whatever you want to call it is up to whatever person, background, culture, et cetera. Um, but to me, God you know, defines the, the oneness that is all, all of everything, nature, us, you, me, um, and everything in between. So I completely agree. And 
I mean, I don't, I don't think that we know consciously because I, I think that you're born to forget, and that's, that's the experience that you have. Um, but I, I agree with you, and it's actually the most comforting one to me to think that we're all God experiencing itself subjectively. Uh, and I've had this conversation a few times on the show, but every time I talk about it and think about it, I expand it just a little bit more. Uh, there was a guy that I had on uh, called uh, Christopher the Astro Medium. I'm actually going to send you a link to his Instagram page. He's fascinating. And we got into some really deep uh, rabbit holes on this stuff. Uh, so I I wanted to ask, so just back to the dream thing real quick, because as, you, as you're talking about it, I just think about things. So have you ever thought that maybe, have you ever had a dream that you were an animal? Um, I've had dreams where I'm around a bunch of animals, but I don't know if I myself was an animal. You know, because um, it's an interesting thought experiment to think of if you dreamt that you're a dog, okay, and then that dog, whenever you wake up, what? so are you dreaming that you're the dog, or are you the dog dreaming that you're you? <laughs> right? That's definitely a mindset. <laughs> yeah. I like those, though. Those are the ones that I'm just like, okay, okay, cool. Those are the yeah. things that, that you know, kind of keep me up at night. That, and then I say, um, the other thing that keeps me up at night is that Rob Zombie hadn't started a chain of Chinese restaurants called More Hunan Than Hunan. <laughs> wow. That's a the dumb joke. The things that keep you up at night <laughs> are very strange. That's a dumb joke, isn't it? <laughs> um, it just bothers me. Rob Zombie. That you were an animal? Like, yeah. Like, what animal were you? Uh, a wolf uh, once and then a uh, eagle a few times. So, um, and it wow, was, that's cool. Yeah, it was from, but it wasn't the landscape that we inhabit. So I very rarely remember dreams. I think that, um, but but the ones I do remember are pretty cool and out there, kind of like you would say, like after a good psychedelic uh, experience, um, I will have some pretty cool dreams. Um, also, melatonin. I don't take it very much because uh, you're not supposed to. Number one, number two. Um, I don't. I just don't need it that much. But if I do melatonin uh, every now and then, then I will have some incredibly vivid, some really lucid dreams. Um, mm, nice. Yeah. It's interesting, and it's interesting because all of that, you know, is a chemical response, and, and then you could go deep into the biology of why those occur, but dreams are still a mystery. It's kind of like consciousness. It's it's still a mystery to us, and, and I like those kinds of mysteries because it's something we all experience. It's something we all go to sleep. We all dream. Some weird shit exactly. happens. We wake up and try to make sense of it, but you forget them really quickly. I've been having some really strange dreams recently, too, because I've been sleeping in my airstream. And I think just sleeping closer to outside and the elements kind of makes you dream differently. Um, and hearing like it's been raining here lately. So I've been hearing the rain on and the airstream and hearing it all around me and, and then it affects what I'm dreaming. And uh, recently I had a dream that I was floating in outer space and I'm literally like floating and I've never had an out of, you know, ship basically like universe floating in outer space dream like this before and i was with a bunch of other people too when we were all floating and then talking about black holes that's why i brought up the black hole thing because that's like fresh in my mind and that we have to stick together as stars to avoid the black holes and that was like pretty uh to me, it was like, wow, that really makes a lot of sense in this day and age. I think I'm getting these messages because we're all taught right now to be so socially distant. That's like the main narrative, right? Um, when it's the opposite, we need to stick together. We need to, in order to not get sucked up by black holes, meaning we're going to get sucked up by something that's big, 
better than us, you know, where they're trying to take some freedoms away from us, I feel. And so if we don't stick together, those things are absolutely going to happen and we could do something about it, you know? I completely so. agree. And I'll, I'll get on these, um, rants like that. And I've, I've looked into this situation quite a bit. I know you have too. We talked just briefly. Um, but it, it's something that really, really got to me, uh, because I feel the same way you do. I, I feel like we do have a shot right now. I think that the mask thing, no matter how you feel about that, being told that you have to, that somebody else is in charge of your health, uh, is something that's very disturbing. And even on that small level. Now, the thing that was disturbing about it is we had our shot. Uh, no matter what the science and research looks into, they were never necessary. Maybe they were for the first two weeks when nobody knew about it. But after that, when science started coming out and you started figuring out that, oh, a virus is this big and the hole in the mask is this big. And basically all you're doing is putting up a chain link fence to keep mosquitoes out. So what was the purpose after that, after we knew? And I, I think that, and you and I were discussing it, compliance. Now, the, the thing about that instance was, and it sounds small, it sounds stupid, but that's how this works. We had our shot, you know, as a society to say, nope, I'm going to take my health into my own hands. If you want to wear a mask, you go ahead and wear it. If you believe that it works, go ahead and wear it. The problem is whenever you start telling people how to live their lives, that's a slippery slope. And we had our yeah. shot and we blew it. I think we, we really did blow it um, as a society. So, you know, enjoy your totalitarianism, everybody. We tried. Uh, but, <laughs> but but it's not too late. It's, it's not. Never no, no, no. It's not too late. So I'm a fatalist. It's just the beginning, actually. And in there. I mean, I am a big conspiracy theorist, so this is a whole other topic. So we could go on and on about it. But we could talk about I definitely think that it's definitely now is the time to just start being ourselves, start being free. Um, listen to your soul. <laughs> listen to yourself. Stop listening to the narrative. Right. Yeah. Completely agree. And and to that point, I was going to say that I'm a I'm a fatalist, but I'm also a boundless optimist, just like you. And we share that quality. I, I have ultimate faith that the right things will happen because, again, we're all God experiencing itself subjectively. And if that's the case, the eternal perils uh, will be solved because they already are. We, we created them. We can solve them. It's an experience that we're having, and it's an opportunity for us to realize that and to come together. So you said you're a conspiracy theorist. Uh, what is your favorite or craziest conspiracy theory? They can be separate. Just what's your favorite? My favorite? I mean, are they, it's just like, ooh, you, I love what's happening. It's usually like dark ass shit that's like sends you down the rabbit hole. I mean, once you take that red pill, I mean, I think just, again, kind of uh, relating to what's happening today, the main one, it's not my favorite, but it's what's what's most relevant right now is how uh, they're poisoning us and everything, you know, our, our food, our water, our air. Um, just the more you look into these things, you're like, wow, this is really dark and scary. It's like the great human experiment. Um, but uh, the more that you're aware of these things, the, the more you could do things to take the power back into your own hands, which is why I want to um, one day have a tiny home community. Um, this is my ultimate dream, if you will, is having a, all, a tiny home community where we all have these magnificent basically there's livable art homes you know you walk into a mouth of a dragon and there's like trees everywhere inside and magnificent art hanging up and 
um, installation art that you're living inside of, basically. And uh, the main center will be a retreat center where we have um, art classes and sustainable living um, classes and all the things that I believe in that are going to make our future better for us and our children and our children's children. So I love it. That sounds so cool. I want to come join your hippie commune. Can I come? <laughs> yes, join the hippie commune. I love um, it. I think that other that communes have gone really awry and culty. That is not my plan. But, yeah, don't do the know. cult thing. Yeah, avoid that at all costs. But I think take the word <laughs> back. Take the word back like you did the word bitch. You turned it into babe in total control of herself. And I like that. Exactly. Yeah. You can you can change the way that we have been taught words to be something better. Than yes. A commune doesn't have to necessarily mean cult. Commune can mean community. It can mean coming together. Um, have, everyone has their superpowers. Um, I was born in the 80s, so it was like Captain Planet. You know, we all have our earth, wind, water, fire. You know, we come together and we save the planet. Yeah, <laughs> art, music, agriculture, you know, the yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yoga. Textiles, you know. <laughs> Exactly. I like it. it. No, I'm on board. Absolutely, I get it. I'm I'm smelling what you're stepping in, darling, as we say in Texas. Uh, so I wanted to ask though. Uh, so let me go back to the conspiracy theory thing for a little bit. And just like you said about the commune and the and the words um, having power, uh, you know, conspiracy theorists. I consider myself. I think uh, Charlie Robinson. Uh, he does a show called Macroaggressions. It's it's great. Uh, he does a wonderful job. He, in my mind, coined the term conspiracy analyst because he just likes looking into them but doesn't necessarily let it wrap him up so deep that, it, you know, the theorist thing, like you said, it, it's got a it's got a weird vibe around that word. But the CIA did that on purpose for the people who are exactly. questioning the official narrative of the JFK assassination, as you know. So what I meant by uh, most fun are the one you enjoy the most, because what I what I think is that there's different conspiracy levels, right? There's fun ones. Uh, reptilians. That's fun. Flat Earth, that's fun. <laughs> I, you know, not the 9-11s or the, yeah, they're geoengineering. I mean, these things are real, and I look at all of them. Uh, but like Mandela Effect or Project Bluebeam or something like that. I mean, have you ever heard of those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and the alien ones and all these things, those aren't, again, conspiracy theory to me is truth that's hidden. Um, so these things are, are, a lot of them are, probably real um but the, the truth is very relative you know and that's another thing that people need to realize is that what you believe isn't necessarily the truth beliefs aren't truth the only truth that i believe in is i mean this is very hippie but love mm -hmm. because that's the only tangible thing that i know everything else is very like I am so open-minded that I am willing to say that I don't have any firm beliefs as far as any of these conspiracy theories go because I could be wrong. And I'm the first one to admit that. Um, that being said, I go by what I feel. And sometimes what you feel also can be misdirected, but it's real to you, you know? Perception uh, is reality. so how you're feeling and how how you're taking in that reality that is real to you and it might not be real to someone else though and that's what everyone else needs to realize about what's happening too with everything 
Yeah, and and I think you resonated a certain frequency, and that frequency responds to you. Um, it's kind of like to some people Christianity makes sense, and to some people it does not. And that's they're in a way cosmically. I think that they're both right. I think that what you pay attention to is the reality that you create. That's a very deep point that you made. And you know, uh, Neil Donald Walsh, who wrote the Conversations with God book series, he wrote that it's love and fear. Those are the only two things that we experience. So it's either happening through love, which you and I both choose consciously, because you do have to choose that, uh, or out of fear, which is the got to wear your mask, got to social distance, got to tell everybody else how to live their lives. You know, stop being disobedient to the great government that gives no fucks about you. Um, it's it's an interesting uh, paradox that I think that we all experience, but I think that you and I are probably closer to it in the way that what you do pay attention to is what manifests in your reality, right? So if you are experiencing love and you're not avoiding, you just don't even pay attention to fear because you're too busy loving everything, then fear is not a part of it. It's not part of the equation, but the opposite is true as well. It It's yeah. an interesting observation, and I think you're completely right. And to the beliefs part of it, I think that ideas are the way to go, like what you what you were talking about, because ideas are easy to change, you know, based on new information. Beliefs you cling to, you you know, you sink with that ship. And whenever you plant your flag on something or you choose to die on this particular hill, if new information comes up that's against that, you won't even look at it. Even No matter how logical, no matter how much it makes sense, no matter how much it vibrates with the frequency that you want or that feels better than the belief that you have, you, existing in a, in a world of possibilities is way better in my mind. Oh, I agree. Um, 100%. And and people really need to pay attention to that when it comes to politics, especially. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come on here. Um, you know, this is none of this. I call it politics, you know. Ah, I like that. I haven't heard that before. So, I like that a know, lot. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I chose not to partake in it anymore because it's like a puppet show to me. I'm like, I've learned to literally be like, wow, like this is a puppet show. Like, why do people even partake of this? Like, I don't get it, but I get it, you know, cause I was once a voter and I was once like doing all these things. Like, <laughs> I think what's more important is the vote of your consumeristic choices on a daily basis, going out in your community and uh, your community vote counts way more than a presidential vote, so. Yeah, and um, it, or any other voting thing. I think that just going out in your community is the most important thing. Yeah, I don't think large cities are sustainable. I don't think that model works long term. Uh, it always collapses. It always ends in in, in oppression and control because it has to. Uh, the model's not sustainable. So um, I was going to ask you. Okay. So with politics, right, I liken it, and I know I'm going to get the hate mail now, so you guys just settle the fuck down, uh, to, re <laughs> to wrestling, okay? You know those people that sit there and they will punch you in the throat if you say that wrestling is not real, and they get so twisted about it, but guys, it's not real. Send your emails, uh, expandingrealitypodcast at gmail.com, that's fine. Uh, and the, but it's not real, and this is how I view politics. It's just that next level of not real, right? Yeah, I think so. It's... It, it's interesting people think place so much like importance on on so much outside of themselves. Once you go and do the inner work and realize that's that is where you create your own world and you 
realize you don't need to partake in any of that. Yeah. Um, and it's a nice feeling, you know, just meditate. <laughs> That's what I do every day. Just meditate, rubbing around colored dirt on a canvas every day for hours a day. Um, yoga, <clears throat> walks in nature, go to the beach, go on hikes, just be with yourself, be with God, be with your friends, be with your family. That's the only thing that matters because at the end of the day, like just think about you know, your deathbed, what are you really going to care about? Whether you like voted, <laughs> whether you like did, you know, all these like protests or would, are, are you going to really care about the time you spent, the quality time you spent with those around you and yourself Yeah, and, and what you did with your time really. It comes back to something that I've said for a long time, and it's tend the garden that you got, right? Because the only thing that you can control is what you can control. So, which is the, the your state of mind, your your mindset, what you choose to spend your time on, who you have in your life. These are the things that you have control over. All the other crap is just that. It's crap, and it's a distraction away from higher purpose. Your higher purpose is to find what resonates with you and just do that. Just, you know, I avoid bad because it feels bad. I do good because it feels good. And that's my religion. You know, that quote by Abraham Lincoln, it, it's Love it. <laughs> never been more poignant than now. Right. And you're living that life, which is so cool. You are your destiny. You are your life. I mean, you've got divine timing with all of this stuff, just like us meeting here. I like the divine timing aspect. You said that the other night I wrote it down. I, I love it. I think it's great. So thank you. Uh, yeah. So what do you do to, to art really quick? Because I want to I want to get your opinion on things from the inside of it. Um, so you've done some really cool collaborations. Uh, so how did those come about? And you, you're, the pieces that you guys come up with, do you discuss this ahead of time? Or are you like, all right, you take the feet, I'll take the head. Uh, how does how do those happen? Because you've got some really cool collaborations. <laughs> Um, so I started doing these collaborations more often recently since the pandemic started. It's been no festivals, no art shows, no nothing. And it's kind of been a sad, lonely world for us artists because we always spend so much time alone. So that was like important for all of us to get together and we can't even do that now. So um, for me, this has been filling a big void in that. And um, I've been learning a lot. It's really cool to learn other artists processes because we all have such a different process. Um, and every collaboration's gone so differently. Um, it just depends on, so the ones that I've done with, I've done mostly with men. Um, and then this last one I did with um, two females. <laughs> the two females ones was definitely different than how it went with the ones with the males. You know, the ones with the males was like definitely a smoother ride, let's just put it that way. Emotions got in the way of females. We get our emotions, get the best of us. And we there was like a little bit of roadblocks, but it was good because it was just so interesting to me to see the differences just of that, of gender. Um, not to be sexist, but that's how I saw it. It was like, wow, the females, they got their emotions way more involved than the men do, you know? <laughs> um, and and the men were, in my opinion, a little bit more like go with the flip whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Maybe that sounds good. I was the female more of the take charge, and I was more of the like directive one because I I have it in me that 
I'm a have a little bit of control things in me. You know, I think that some people are a little bit more of that than others. And so this has been a really good lesson for me to let go of control doing these collaborations because what they do is not what you would do. And you have to like learn to literally be like, step back and be like, okay, like, <laughs> um, not what I would do but and then, but it always ends up working out you know and that's what's so cool it's like they have their style you have yours and coming together and molding together it's always a surprise like and, and most of them with um there's like a loose concept involved but um it always ends up differently and that's how it has gone with my own individual art too um, this island one I did with Peter Valdez, it was like, we're going to do an island in space. That was the only thing that was discussed. And originally we thought there was going to be cities and all these other things that were going to be more modern. And then it completely ended up being so different than we both ever could have imagined. Um, and that's what's so cool. And I did with um, Jeff Logan and we didn't even talk. We were just like, he took his end, I took my end. And we're all like, okay, we're gonna just have like, we're using this reference, loose reference, didn't even know what we were gonna do. We we barely spoke the whole time, just painting, you know? And it ended up being perfect, a perfect collaboration. Um, the ones with the females, <laughs> uh, it was, just as magical but it was like uh like birthing it was like uh, like delivery pains it was like uh. <laughs> <laughs> um we uh, we kept like you know we've all we knew at the beginning was we wanted to use ourselves as a reference and we did um and then at first it was going to be like us in the wild west and then became the, this witch theme and um it all like ends up evolving on its own these that's what's so cool about art is like they have every piece has a mind of its own and um, some go more according to plan and some go literally off the chain into some directions that you never would have imagined. And that's what's important to keep in mind with art pieces for me, myself, is that's what I is the magic to me is not having something so specific to do once I start. I like to start loosely with something and then see where it goes. Um, and I like to start with just like a reference photo of whatever that is the focal point. And usually it's humans or an animal for me. And then from there it takes on its own life based on the energy and, and whatever the divine spirit um, wants to put through my hands because it's not me doing it. I feel like I'm just a vessel translating messages that God and spirits and angels and everything in the spirit world wants to us as humans to get through to us right now. And that's why I think my most important message in my art right now lately has been just the connectivity of us and nature because we've been falling away from that since we're getting more involved in technology and um it's important to not let that overrule us because that's going to keep us in hell yeah i, I got I, this epiphany when i was on <laughs> shrooms during the great conjunction <laughs> awesome awesome god i love psychedelics man that is, that is very cool it's like wow 
I got this message that we like died in 2012. All of us didn't remember. And um, we are stuck in the matrix, uh, which is technology, which is keeping us there. And the more that we get more sucked into the technology, the, we're, we're just spiraling in this hell, basically. So I've, I've heard of this, and it's when CERN kicked on, and basically we all died, or we shifted over into a parallel dimension. That's what people say the Mandela effect is all about. So what was the message that you got? You got this while on psilocybin mushrooms? Yeah, um, <laughs> and I didn't mean to do it during the Great Conjunction, but I think that's why I got these messages was... Um, it was like, oh gosh, tonight's the Great Conjunction, and I just did some mushrooms. Uh oh, this is gonna be a wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it it was just it was kind of a little bit of a scary revelation to realize that we're in hell here, but I never looked at it like that. I was like, wait, no, this is paradise, but um, heaven and hell are here. Yeah like already mm -hmm. so um that's where i think the the mandela and the par paradigms and are shifting and like new world and the fifth dimension and all these like fancy spiritual terms that people are using to me i look and ascension all this to me it's that it just means getting out of hell and going into heaven um in layman's religious terms do you think that that's something available to everybody on an individual level? Or do you think that it has to happen with the humanity collectively for us all to move on? Because it's basically like a collective amnesia that we have or a collective lack of understanding that we're actually all dead. Yes, exactly. I think that it's going to take us collectively, but we're all in different levels in our, our journeys with that. Um, so, so some of us are in a more... Um, it's it's all dependent on what like school i look that this is school you know so what grade are you in and what kind of hell did you have to go through at what time and some people are going through it now some people already went through it um i feel like my whole life has been turbulence and hell and i've always been like the epicenter and learning to um, be the yogi in the center of the storm and trying to center and balance and, and put myself at peace, even though the world around me is in chaos, because that's just continuing and that will continue. And it might get worse before it gets better, you know? I don't know, but every time I think life will get easier or better, it doesn't get better or easier if you just learn to adapt and get stronger and learn to roll with the punches more. That's how it is, has been for me anyway. Um, a beautiful disaster. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I, uh, another dope title for this show. Great job. Um, <clears throat> all right. I, I think it's an interesting perspective, and I hear you on that. I, I tend to want to believe that we're all, like I said, we're all God. We're all one, right? And this whole thing is just like what Bill Hicks said. It's just a ride. And all we're doing here is just experiencing what life is as a creator that we created, right? And it can be whatever the hell you want. I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that um, there are lessons to be learned or anything. On a 
as far as a cosmic level goes, because I think that you're just here to touch, taste, smell, see, and hear everything you can before you go. I don't even believe in the in the um, in the term karma. Like I think karma's rooted out of fear, because if you think about it, uh, karma you either do good to avoid bad, which is fear based, or you do good to receive good, and if you don't do good, then you don't get good, which is also fear based. So I don't think that there's any kind of retribution. I think that you just kind of go through it. You you are experiencing in this 3D reality, what the choices that you make and the consequences that this 3D reality offers. But I do think, like you said, to levels or grades. I like I like putting it like that. Now, grades implies that we're here to learn something, and if we don't learn it, then we're fucked. But levels, like on a I, video... I wouldn't say fucked. I think that you just... Eventually, we learn, right? We all learn eventually. That That's a saying for a reason, because... Um, it's, it's a tough love or, uh, but it's a gentle love too, because why else would we come into these human bodies and these, this human existence, we all suffer on some level, you know, it's like pretty inevitable in the human experience, I feel. Um, and I, to me, that's the only way that I've been able to wrap myself around the meaning of life is is so that we can learn something. And I like your open-ended belief system though, that it's just like, no, we're here to just taste, touch, feel. And I think that is, it's a beautiful simplicity that you've put on life where most people put this, what is my purpose? And all these other things, which I agree with you, it doesn't need to be that. Um, karma, is and all these other labels are just labels for a reason so we can wrap our minds around what is happening on the human existence karma to me means patterns and that and karma is in our own lives on on patternings from childhood you know it's subconscious brain leading us on a daily basis and that's what becoming more aware is and becoming more conscious you know is becoming more aware of these subconscious patternings which to me it means karma um and i i would highly suggest everyone writing their life journal after i got divorced um in 2016 uh on christmas um <laughs> nice i uh, i wrote my life journal from first memory up until that point because it was very devastating for me i'd been with this person for 13 years um and i had a lot of revelations about how in my childhood and and everything that and my parents and how their parents and and all these things and and patternings and how uh, it affects us on a choice level of what the choices we make on a daily basis in our relationships and our friends on our career choices, everything. Um, and it's pretty revealing once you kind of unravel that for yourself and you can really understand yourself more and, and have compassion for yourself actually now having compassion for your parents and having compassion for everyone around you basically and being like oh gosh like they're not even sometimes it's like almost like sleepwalking you know um you're not in control of a lot of this and and that's what we are in the humanity i feel like almost it's like we need to have compassion for ourselves and and realizing that uh, 
we're all here in this like meat bags, like all just suffering, like I said, on some level. And, and the more that we have compassion, the more that we can come together. And like I said, and really beat the darkness. And um, until we do that, like, you know, we're all just going to continue to suffer <laughs> separately and on Zoom. <laughs> and on, yeah. Uh, well, do you think that the reason um, suffrage is such an important part of the process is just simply uh, it's a dichotomy. It's to, it's to allow you to make choices, right? So what right. if you decided just to not suffer anymore? Because it's technically a mindset if you want to think about it on a super reductive level. You have to choose to be pissed off at somebody that cuts you off, right? You have to choose to be upset about things that happened in your past that you had no control over um, or had very little control over because you were pretty powerless. I think the most freeing thing is to get to a point to where you don't view anything as suffering. You just view it all as information and as knowledge and move forward with there because suffering implies not only that, um, that something shitty from that perspective happened instead of just an experience that you learned from, uh, that it, you kind of get in this, and not you, we're just talking about the idea here, okay? Um, that you get in the victim mentality, meaning that um, you think that, or expect bad things or you have trust issues and stuff like that, when really maybe it's just an opportunity to shift the way you think about it, right? So I, I want to tell you about, uh, so Neil Donald Walsh, again, I've, I've recalled that guy. Uh, have you ever heard of him, the Conversations with God book series? Okay. Um, I, you, I've heard of it, but I've never listened to it. Um, got you. In there, one of one of the things that he said, because his book changed my life, like 20 years ago, it set me on this path of perception. It's real warm. I'll actually um, give me your address. I'll send you a copy of it. OK, um, cool. So one of the things that he talks about in there is perception. Right. And perception, like we just talked about, creates your reality. He has a wonderful example about rain. OK, so rain is what's called an ultimate reality. Right. You can't control it. Uh, the only thing that you have power over is how you view it. So he gives a couple of examples. So you can think of a time whenever it was raining and you were going somewhere, it was dressed up, it was a pain in the ass and it sucked. Um, and you're all pissed off. You're like, God, it's raining. But then you can think of another time when it was raining when you're laying in your RV at night and you're hearing it hit the roof. And it's this beautiful symphony uh, on top of the roof of, an again, an ultimate reality. Uh, or you can think of when you go outside after a hot day and it starts raining or something or you haven't had rain for a while and you stick your arms out in the air and you spin around and you just enjoy the bath of nature. You know, mm. nothing changed about the rain. Rain's an ultimate reality. The only thing that changed was the way you viewed it. So of course. perhaps things that occur in life by shifting that frequency, which is a choice, then that's the way that you heal from trauma. Maybe that's like the big ultimate secret. Perhaps we're just talking here. I don't have the answer. Oh, for sure. I don't know if it's a choice though, necessarily for me in my life. Um, I, I definitely think I had to go through the suffering and dark night of the soul, if you will, to get to that point of having perception of bliss and joy and non-suffering. Um, and to me, it wasn't necessarily a choice. It was kind of, it flowed in that direction in my life naturally. Um, I've gotten to this point because of choice, daily choices can get you there. Um, so daily rituals, like the painting and yoga and meditating and breath work, all these things have made me so I've gotten out of my suffering. But if I didn't make those choices, do those things, then I would still be where I was um, 10 years ago or 
five years ago even. Completely. And I don't think that you can go with into anything and change your mind about it unless you've experienced the other side of it, right? So you had to suffer. You have to go through shitty times and feel shitty about them. Uh, for you, most, you to go... Most humans, I think. But that's why maybe not everyone. I've, not everyone has a shitty existence all the time uh, until they get to this point of, oh, I can breathe again. Some people have a very smooth ride in their life and God bless them, you know? I think that they're the lucky ones. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that that kind of suffering that you go through, though, is how you build character. Because all the great, like, rebound stories, all the great, like, I changed my life because of something happens because you went through some shit. And you, those are the people with the character. That's Those are the people that I trust making big decisions. It's the people who have just had a smooth ride and have never had to challenge themselves intellectually, mentally, or emotionally that I really question when the shit hits the fan, right? Because they don't know how to deal with things. They don't know how to handle themselves. They don't know how to overcome that adversity. You have to go through it to feel it. And I think that by what you did, it brought you this amazing life because suffering is subjective, right? Because we would look at like a billionaire's kid that's never had to work a day in his life, that never had to do anything. We would, some people, you and I wouldn't, but some people would call that kid lucky or fortunate or doesn't suffer. But that's probably one of the most miserable damn people you've ever met. They don't make real connections with real grounded people. They don't get to experience life in a way that's that's real and authentic. It, it's very plastic. It's it's fake. And those are the people I feel the most sorry for. Get rich later in life. That's how you do it. You run ground up like you. You're rich. Uh, you run ground up and then you make your money. And then now you know how to handle it because you've been there before. Yeah, that's true. I love the the ground up stories too. Those are always the most heartwarming. I think we <laughs> and it, it gives that. people hope that they can do it too, because they can, anyone can do the work. It just takes that. It takes work. It takes, um, belief. It takes belief in yourself and not giving up. Anyone can do what their dream is. It's just a matter of, how bad do you want it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's it. Answer that question and, and you'll be fine. But I agree with you, but it does take suffering as well. You have to go through some shit to be a person who is willing to do what's necessary to achieve their dreams. I think that's I think important. most artists have had to go through some suffering. I think that's what makes their art good or um, emotional and heart-wrenching some, sometimes um, because you can kind of feel that through their artwork and whatever form that is, their music, their paintings. Um, some of the most, you know, beautiful things come from pain. And I've always tried to turn my pain into beauty, not try, have turned my pain into beauty. And I think that it's really rewarding when you do that, because then you avoid the suffering, you avoid the depression expression or depression i always say and i always choose expression express yourself every day do it no matter what just the hardest part about painting they say is picking up a paintbrush pick up the paintbrush and just do it um don't always have an expectation to create a masterpiece every time um but but express your soul and every day and every time you pick up the paintbrush or whatever it is, the pen, whatever you're trying craft, you're trying to refine, you'll get better and better at it every time you do it. I completely and agree. you'll see the progression of 
in a few months, a year, years, and you'll look back on your work and be like, wow, like I've come a long way. And that's what's so rewarding and so satisfying is seeing yourself improve, one-upping yourself all the time and getting satisfied, like really, really good feedback from your peers and your friends and people that admire your work that helps. So just put your soul out there. Um, you won't regret it because you send, you will find your soul family too, the more that you do your soul work. So I was always feeling like I was lacking my soul tribe, I call it. And the people around me in my daily life, I, it's different than a soul tribe sometimes. And I just, it wasn't happening for me for some reason. And I was, I was really aching and suffering inside. And as soon as I started following my soul's path and doing my soul's work, I was starting to find my people. And that was amazing. And I have my people now and it's really awesome. <laughs> it's beautiful. And yeah, you've, you've vibrated that frequency. That's what responds. That's why you'll lose people that weren't right for you or that vibrated a different frequency. We're not going to say lower because there's not better or worse. It's just different experiences, right? Uh, and right. then now you've attracted your soul family. And I love the idea of that. I think that that's great. Um, so what do you think uh, is one of the biggest challenges with just art in general as a as a art form, uh, art in general, what is the biggest thing that you would change about the, uh, art community? Um, stigmas, stigmas that, um, about certain styles, maybe not being, um, resonant to the popular crowd, meaning like, for instance, visionary art is very undervalued, I think, in the mainstream art world. And um, people in, in contemporary art world don't get it. And um, I think that's about to change, though. And um, I, just the biggest challenges in general with yourself is really just believing what you have to put out there is needed and believing in yourself and don't worry about what other people are doing so much. Stay in your lane, so to speak. Uh, we all have our own unique expression and it's natural to compare ourselves to other people, but we don't need to do that, um, especially when you really are in tune with your own soul's work and your soul's calling and your soul's expression. So don't look at what other people are doing or look at what other people are doing, but don't, you don't have to be that, you know, don't always compare yourself to like, this is what we do, especially like early on, I feel like as artists, uh, um, we like to compare ourselves and we're like, Oh, I just want to be like that. And, but maybe the beauty is that you'll never be like a perfect figurative painter. Maybe your strengths are other and other areas, you know, and we all have to realize that, um, not to say that you can't get better in those areas and you will. Um, but there is a beauty to the rawness and the realness to whatever you're putting out there. And so just really believe in that and, and just do that. And the, everything will come in time. You know, it's, I didn't have $10 in my pocket when I first followed my dreams. It was like, I, so 
I was always into art <clears throat> and uh, my dad put me in oil painting lessons from a very early age. I was in kindergarten and my kindergarten teacher pulled him in the class and was like, wow, she's really good. Like, look at her work compared to other students. So he, he listened and he put me in an art class. So I was always doing painting. And then um, I started listening to society and I got all hung up on money. And I was like, as I got older, I, um, I went to college for fine art and then I transferred to graphic design. And I did that for a long time for about 10 years and I did very corporate work. I was miserable though, like just absolutely miserable, um, just working for a paycheck. Um, but I always knew that I wasn't gonna do that forever. <clears throat> I just didn't know how long. And I did it for as long as I could take basically until my soul was screaming and I was ready to like, basically kill myself if I didn't do this thing, which was paint, you know? Um, so I went back to painting. I, I quit my job at 30 and I went back to painting and I, it was really hard at first to, um, be at a level that you're not at because I hadn't been painting for so long and <clears throat> I wanted to get good at people and I never had done people before in my youth. I was always doing landscapes and seascapes and things like this, um, and animals, but I had never done people before. So that was like my main goal was get better at people. And, um, the first few years of painting were rough. Like everything I put out there, I, I thought was so ugly and just, I was like, Oh, this is horrible. Um, and then till finally, like I had, well, I think again, divine intervention, I call it, um, I was driving my car at late at night um, after a few glasses of wine and I was looking at my phone and I flipped my car and this was after my um, stepdaughter had killed herself and it was on her birthday and I really think that she was my guardian angel that night protecting me um, from death basically because I should have died in that car accident and uh police were scratching their head and everything i ended up with no scratch on me um didn't have any consequences basically but other than the consequence was my life i have a responsibility to do something with it's precious it could have gone away just like that and i started taking life and my art much more seriously and i started painting 12 hours a day um and my paintings changed from that point on because i appreciated life more after that um and i do think that the angels protected me for reasons so that i could you know fulfill my soul's path and express myself in this way visually um because yeah things like that um they're life changing and they don't happen to everyone and you have to realize that we can perish at any day. So you have to just listen to your, listen to yourself. Like if you're working a job you hate, fucking quit. <laughs> like it's not worth it. You know, you could die at any day and you, you just need to understand that the universe has your back. God has your back. 
And if you really, really, really want it and you listen to your soul's calling and you do it, God will provide for you a hundred percent. Um, the universe has provided for me like a hundred percent. Every time that I think that I'm going to like not make it, I'll sell a painting or something will happen. <laughs> and it's quite amazing, but it's because I took the leap of faith. I took the leap off of the cliff. And when you take the leap off the cliff, your wings will grow. Wings will grow. It might be a rough ride. <laughs> you might hit some sticks. Uh-huh. Like you might get some turbulence along the way. Um, you might think you're going to literally hit the ground like splat. Um, and you might even do that. But it's better to try and have failed than to never have tried at all is what I say. I love it. Because you will have more regrets not trying something that you really want to do versus not having done it completely agree i'm glad you're around i'm glad the angel that's my biggest advice for our our anyone out there (laughs) it was beautiful and it was very well said it was very passionate it was from the heart and i love that thank you thanks for sharing that because i i agree with the message 100 percent. i think that's great um well i'm glad you i'm glad you didn't die in that thing that's pretty good so thanks for hanging out (laughs) thanks for sticking it out with us we appreciate you being here yeah no it's all good um like uh, I, I have like a cat of nine lives. I think I've like died a few times. So that was just one. <laughs> okay. Uh, have you had any near death experiences or anything like that? Um, it's always been really bad car accidents. So I've had some really bad car accidents before that, even I've gotten sideswiped and I, um, if it was like a little bit more into a few inches, it would have hit me. Yeah. Um, I've, hydroplane on the freeway and face oncoming traffic um i've um almost had head-on collisions three times um Damn. yeah it's it's been <laughs> cars are dangerous <laughs> uh, i think so yeah they are very dangerous <laughs> so i try not to drive as like little as possible um when i get my airstream going i'm gonna have gonna have to find someone that's a really good you know yeah pay uh, pay somebody to drive you around please and you just paint in the back you'll be fine just do that we just get to your destination safely and when you get that thing cranked up come out here into texas you got a place to hang out i <laughs> let, let's do a couple uh you're of course open invite you're part of the soul tribe now so thank you uh let me ask you uh do you want to just do a couple of fun questions before we wrap it up sure Okay, good deal. Uh, so let me ask you, uh, you could have dinner with three people um, anytime in history. Language is not a barrier. Uh, what three people would you like to sit down and just have an evening meal with? Mm. <laughs> have an evening meal. An evening meal. <laughs> it's got to be proper as fuck. No, no cheese and crackers. you got to really commit to a dine-in, <laughs> dine-in type of a thing. <laughs> um, so I'd really like to pick apart um neil degrasse's brain um i think a scientific quantum physics brain like that would be fascinating to have a dinner conversation with um i'd also like to choose like a a musician that i really love which would be probably uh so hard Stevie Nicks, because I just love Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a good that's a good answer. 
Um, and then the third would be, so we've got music, we've got science. Um, who would be maybe like a sports person? <laughs> okay, a sports person. One really cute, like um, <laughs> who's Giselle's uh, husband, Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, and Tom Brady for for selfish reasons. I get it. It's okay. <laughs> yeah i'll just pretend he's not happily married <laughs> right yeah yeah a little uh fantasy there that's fine that's a great answer because it's an beautiful honest answer supermodel by the way. <laughs> that's a great answer i think that that's that's a real answer so we're, we go for authenticity on these i uh, okay so um if what what's a useless talent that you have a useless talent would be um so i'm able to Am I in the dark here? A little bit. It's getting a little dark there, but you're fine. You're being illuminated by your painting. You're good. Okay. Well, let me like move to maybe the uh let me move to the light. Oh wow. There you are. Okay. So this is this would be my useless talent right here. <laughs> okay. Uh we'll take it. Yeah. That is, uh, there might be it's some weird, uses for that. Just tongue like flexibility. Huh? Uh, yeah, if you weren't watching, uh, go to the YouTube guys if you want to see this because uh, the audio, the people just listening for audio just heard a bunch of smacking around and we, they've, you know, I don't want their imaginations to go wild on what just happened here. So go to YouTube guys, Expanding Reality on YouTube and check this video out. Uh, she has an interesting talent. Oh, there it is again. Okay. Not very many people can do that. You know, they have to like hold it down with their, their teeth. Yeah. Like no teeth. Huh? No that's, teeth. That's a good rule in, a, in multiple <laughs> things, but that's good. Depends on what you're into. That's fine. I, okay. <laughs> if you, if, if you could take away or remove anything from the world, what would it be? Um, Gosh, I would, I would remove plastic. <laughs> okay, just go back to wicker for everything. <laughs> uh, paper, um, hemp, you could use hemp for a lot of things. Totally. There's like bioplastics, but no, get, let's get rid of all the plastics that are destroying um, the oceans and us. So. Okay, that's a good, that's a great answer. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> well, it's, it's a true, again, very authentic. I like it. Okay, uh, so you can have a superpower. Uh, in fact, I'm going to give you two because I want two. So you can have two superpowers. Anything you want, uh, what would they be? I mean, the obvious one is like flying. I feel like everyone kind of wants to do that, right? Um, and then, um, I mean, I've been asked this question a lot, and it's just so hard because there's so many things that – I'd want to do like one I think would be really cool to talk to be able to communicate to animals and like have conversations with them yeah or do a little like full-blown conversations with like a squirrel you know yeah tell him ask him how, how his day and he's like oh it's nuts that's a shit joke <laughs> don't don't laugh at that that's a dumb joke Bye. I, re I regret it horny dad jokes I love it <laughs> I regret it instantly I, as it was coming out of my mouth I'm like stop doing it don't <laughs> stop it <clears throat> it's dumb Erica. don't encourage that <laughs> I love it no it's perfect <laughs> good well as long as you love it I think that that's that's awesome okay um 
So let me ask you this. So you, you've got the world's attention for 30 seconds. Any message that you want in the world, what would that be? Everybody come together, try to love one another right, right now. Right. Okay, we can't sing any more of that copyright and all that good stuff, but uh, good call. <laughs> I, I like the message. I like that. <laughs> we'll get this taken down. <laughs> Excellent call. I, I like that it's a lot. It's kind of been like the correlating message of just let's come together. Let's love one another. Let's uh, create some harmony um some uh beautiful music some beautiful art beautiful expressions um just all of that you know all of that community community artist commune yeah artist hippie <laughs> commune but not in a bad way not a not a bad hippie like not a, a cult. cult no 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 not a cult not a cult uh do that as a disclaimer under the sign not a cult um <clears throat> Okay, well, honestly, um, we can we can wrap it up here. I just really appreciate your time. I had a really good time talking with you. Me too. Yeah, this was you. fun. Yeah, every podcast is different, just like every collaboration. So this one was extra special. Oh, you're my spirit animal, dude. I would hate <laughs> that. Vice versa, can you? Will you be my spirit animal? Sure. Awesome. Okay. Well, we've got that checked off the list. I thought it was going to be like a red panda or something, which I adore. But I will, I will take, <laughs> I will take an Erica Robin. I like that. Still kind of a bird in the way. I okay. Well, thank you so much. I really do appreciate this. I'm going to be linking uh, you. your YouTube and your website. Actually, or um, my apologies, that YouTube video that you did. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll link your channel. What the hell am I talking about? I'll link your channel. <laughs> I'll, link, I'll link it all up. Link I get up. anytime I start thinking about red pandas, I'm just I think of that one that throws this anyway. Okay, I, I will link uh, your. Um, YouTube, your Instagram, and your uh, website there, so that folks can go check you out. Uh, is there any any anything else you wanted to tell the people out there? Tell the people, um, come give me a hug when festivals and art shows uh, start again. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's I can't that. wait for hugs. Hugs. I've been giving hugs the whole damn time. I'm I'm perfectly fine. I'm just like get over here, you you beautiful human being. Give me a <laughs> give me a damn hug. I will. Erica Robin, I can't thank you enough for your time. I really do appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been fun. A massive thanks to Erica Robin for her time. She is a phenomenal talk to, and she is a phenomenal artist as well. You guys check out the links provided in the show notes below to find her. Throw her a little love. She is fantastic. Uh, as for this show, you guys can find us on um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can go to our YouTube. The video of this will be up on the YouTube. If you want to see her useless talent, I recommend that you go there. Uh, it is going to be expanding reality on YouTube. And uh, you know what? This week, guys, just... Say something nice to somebody you haven't talked to in a long time. Call a friend out of the blue and just see how they're doing. Pick up a piece of litter. Get out of the left-hand lane. And y'all just, in general, be good to each other. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.